Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hello and welcome to On the Farm Pitcher List podcast about all things prospect, dynasty, and minor league related. I'm your host, Lamar Gibson, and uh, I am joined by a special guest uh, today. Jake is out, but we do have somebody stepping up to the plate today. Um, Colin, and I didn't ask you, I should have. I'm a bad host already. I should have asked you how to pronounce the last name. Is it Coolahan? You got it. You got it. Colin Coolahan. Uh, writer uh, of, at many places. Uh, I know you're a writer at the Dynasty Guru dot com. Where else do you write, Colin? I've been contributing to Pars List. It's a uh, a prospect ranking system uh, developed by Pars. <laughs> that, that's that's how it goes on Twitter. It uh, doesn't look at just uh, uh, pedigree or draft pick or tools. It also takes the stat line and age to level an account. Uh, lots of stuff. It's um, it's been a lot of fun. It captures a lot of pop up dudes, guys who get some recognition before scouts or other players do. So I've been contributing to that this year. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I'm 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 one of a few guys who who contribute. So I uh, they they allow me to uh, <laughs> s- s- submit some some ramblings. Perfect, perfect. So um, Colin, I, I'm I'm super happy to have Colin in. Not only just because he is a bright prospect um analyst mind but uh i want to say you're one of the first people i i should have looked back through my twitter history but i believe you're one of the first people that like uh i was having in-depth conversations when i first started trying to get into prospecting and thinking about writing before even podcasting came into the play uh or into the picture i should say and um uh yeah i just remember us having like really good conversations like 2021 ish um across twitter about different guys as they were popping up uh so i've been eager to to have you on or or to work with you in some way shape or form so thanks again for for stopping in and contributing what we're doing today is uh we're going to be kind of talking about hopes and dreams uh not necessarily in our lives but definitely the rest of the 2023 season um, specifically looking at rookies and and prospects. Um, obviously, we're coming off of the MLB draft. We covered it in last week's episode with Alex Chase. We had a ton of fun. I hope you guys really enjoyed that because it was a lot of fun doing it. Uh, obviously, it's post-All-Star break, so we can skip this week in baseball because there's we just had games. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday. We just had game start yesterday. Um, I'm sorry. I got my days mixed up. We're recording this on Sunday. We just had games yesterday. Um, on Saturday and then Friday. So not really much to do as far as this week in baseball. But um, before we jump into looking at, you know, what we hope for from uh, certain prospects and certain rookies for the rest of the season, do want to ask you, Colin, how are your fantasy teams looking at the, you know, at the all-star breaker now that we're coming off the all-star break? They're 
not as good as I had hoped. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I've kind of been over the years trimming down the number of leagues I'm in just because the amount of work that they take. So I had two teams that I was hoping would compete. One that I've been building for a few years. One that I won last year with, hoping I could repeat. Uh, the one team I've been building, too many injuries. I had to pull the plug and start resetting for next year. My other team is still in the mix. I'm looking to make some 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 upgrades there, but uh, it could be it could be much worse. I could be uh, bottom. I sound like uh, on my bottom of the league when I'm actually in fourth place by the okay. way I, I act. But they're 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 doing well. Okay, okay. Um, are they, and I'm assuming this is a mix of like redraft and dynasty and. You know, I I don't play too. I I have been focusing more on dynasty. I'll do some redraft he, 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 here and there, uh, but I mean, just the way I am, I like to, I. It's probably like uh, one of the worst things about me. I put so much attention into one team. It's so hard to focus on on like how fast like a redraft is. You got to be quick and. With Dynasty, I'm like, no, let me look at their minor league records and their splits and this and that, and it it, it just uh, it, it doesn't it, it's it's not it's not best for my for my mental health. <laughs> no, I definitely understand that. Uh, I and while the injury bug hasn't really um, hit me hard, in part, it's because my teams aren't that good to begin with, so it's like <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, the one team and, and listeners that have been with us throughout the season know I have one specific home league my 20 team uh league and we got off to a surprisingly competitive start um we were we got to five and four I could never put a put together a three game win streak but we had these like two game win streak then we would lose one and then win another two games then lose two and so at one point in time we were five and four my team was five and four and I was feeling really good and then we have now lost I'm sorry, we we're five and five. We we're at 500. And I was like a game and a half out from my division, feeling pretty good. Like, wow, this team is really surprising me. And then we lost four straight going into the break. And now I'm sitting at five and nine. And I don't know what to do because I'm like, I can't really blow my team up because all the pieces that I have that would get me good returns are like, like I have like Spencer Strider and like Reed Detmers and like I could trade those guys, but then I'm right back to rebuilding, which I've been doing like the past two and a half years in the league anyway. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to do that again. And I really don't have anybody else good to like deal out. Uh, my prospects are all guys that I was hoping to see get promoted this year. So one guy will be talking about Mason Miller. Uh, I have like Ben Brown. So I have some, you know, some pictures that are like, you know, Upper majors guys, not superstars, but definitely was hoping to see, you know, something there so I could evaluate in the offseason. And then some like lower minor, you know, dark pick or dark throw type picks. And um, yeah, so I don't really know what's going to happen with this team <laughs> from here on out. Uh, the rest of them were, were orphans. I've, I've talked about these. These were orphan teams that I adopted. Uh, so I wasn't really expecting to do well uh, from the get go. I've just been, you know, just chugging along, seeing what happens, picking up some prospects here and there uh yeah. but yeah, your 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 situation is similar to mine where i with the team i was hoping could i've been building for a few years hoping could compete i would not first of all i lost some guys at the beginning of the season jose, jose altuve started the year hurt i lost robbie ray for the year chris sales been on and off the il and i was still doing okay i would like, we do three matchups at once it's, it's a 20 team league so I would always like win two, lose one, win 
win one, lose two. And I was always beating the like the middle, the mid-level teams and the bottom tier teams. But when I would face yep. like the top four yep. five teams, I would yep. get smoked. Yep. And that's what did I mean, me. It's tough. And then coming out, it's it, it's real tight. That for that top half of that league. Like I'm in eighth place, which sounds bad, but there's only five games that separate me from the number one team. Mm-hmm. But then looking at the records and looking at my team and looking who's hurt, I'm still waiting for Euro on Alvarez to come to come back. Mm. Do I sit and wait the next few weeks and hope that my team can put together a run, right. or do I just do I set the market? Do I set the the the, the trade market right. and move like my 30 year old plus guys, kind of reset for next year? Because I feel like in leagues that big, once the trading starts, it's like a ball rolling. And then the once the buyers are done, they're done. Right. So that's kind of what I did. I, I just said, you know what? Here's my older dudes. C- come and get them. I was able to get uh, Vinny Pasquantino. I was able okay. to get to get Nito, Zach Nito of the Angels. I was able to get uh, Freddie Peralta for cheaper than he should be. Who's He's a guy who's really underperformed this year, who I'm hoping has at least a good second half just to kind of make me feel more confident going right. in, into next year and, and uh, now I'm just kind of on the uh, on, on on the building mentality in that league. Yeah, yeah. No, the the strength of schedule thing. That's exactly what did me in. Uh, like I said, I got off to a surprisingly competitive start, and we had uh, in the league we had somebody kind of um, of their own volition. They just crunched the numbers, kind of on going throughout the the first handful of weeks, like the first ten weeks or so, on a weekly basis. And you could see that my team was just like all the minnows I could crush. Yeah, and then anytime I faced a, like any sort of decent team, I got wiped out. And sure enough, those four that I lost in a row were like four of the best teams, yeah. or like four of the top eight in the, in the league is who I faced. And then, and two of them, two of them literally, I had they were right there. Um, the last one going into the break, competitive, really competitive team I was facing. Uh, he had Zach Eflin. Uh, I had Bryce Elder going into that raise. Braves game, mm-hmm. I was like elders. Like I don't need strikeouts. I just need the. We do quality appearances. We we tested the quality yeah. appearances this year. But just, I, I just need quality. He normally goes about six. Don't need a lot of strikeouts. Just keep my whip. Like keep my ratios. He's a good guy for ratios. And he got blown up. And of course, Eflin was good. And that just that flipped the whole thing. It was like we were literally like, I think it, I think it was almost tied, or maybe it was like a half point up. And we do overall category win, right? So whoever wins right. the most categories gets the the win. And literally, it flipped it from like maybe six and a half to five and a half to like I lost like nine to three. Like it was just like it just blew everything up. You're done. You're done. And, and then like two weeks before that, um, was like the last Spencer Strider blow up. Like I was like, oh, I got Strider going. This one sealed the deal. I'm money. And then he gets rocked, and it was just like psh, everything else fell apart. Yeah, he he killed me that that week too. I was like the one week. You're, you're, he's automatic every yeah. week. Like six, seven innings, yeah. 11, 12 strikeouts. This, this this week, this week is when you uh, take off. Ugh. Yeah, kill me. Right. Even even yesterday start like he gets eleven Ks, but it was like the ERA was not what I was hoping to start the, <laughs> the new the new matchup and the rest of the season with. But anyways, uh, yeah. Well, this is how it goes. This is why we play the game, right? Um. The other thing I want to ask before we get into the topic at hand, um, and I know I didn't give you a whole time to like prep to go in depth, but obviously we came off the MLB draft. 
Um, a lot of draft discourse is coming out around prospects. Uh, I didn't know if you had any thoughts uh, that you wanted to just add in, any guys that maybe you were digging into some video or some scouting reports on and they popped out to you in the good or in the negative. So I have a confession to make. I, as a dynasty baseball player, the draft is where is one of my weaknesses. Okay. Um, I just don't um, – there's so much college baseball. I kind of get bits and pieces throughout the summer. Then the winter is when I kind of dig deep into the first-year player drafts. I will say I, I do have two things. I, I really like who the Red Sox got. I'm a Red Sox fan. I like seeing Teal. Yeah. I, that, he was supposed to be what, like a top – yeah, he should have been the first guy to go. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it reminds me of Marcelo Meyer when the mm-hmm. Sox got him. He could have gone one, two, and he falls. I mean, he fall to four. It's still a high pick, but you know, they just went best player available at that point, which mm-hmm. which I really liked. And I like seeing uh, is more of a personal story. I like seeing Dylan Cruz mm-hmm. get picked two because uh, I believe the closest minor league team to me is the. The Wilmington Blue Rocks, mm-hmm. and they should see. I'm, I'm showing how weak I am with my with my uh, draft stuff. I think they're. I think the Blue Rocks are still in the national system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I'm looking forward to being able to see Dylan Cruz yeah. in person uh, next next summer. Yeah, that was actually. I, I, I remember I, we had conversations about uh, Wilmington and and, and Delaware. Uh, me being a, a University of Delaware alum and talking about driving past that stadium, and I never got a chance to see a Wilmington game. All the times that I looked at. It's 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 a nice stadium. It's a, it's a nice location, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing Cruz there. I, I I knew how great of a player he was mm-hmm. just from you know all the publications and Twitter, and then I was reading some stories about him and uh, what his family had done, uh, some work with, with special needs kids to mm-hmm. get them into the LSU games and mm-hmm. all the outreach they've done. Just he's just an incredible family, incredible kid, great talent. I'm really looking forward to to, to seeing him play in person. Well, that's that's uh, pretty dope. You'll have to let me know. Maybe I can travel up. I haven't been up to Delaware in a in a absolutely. Year. Let's do it. Maybe we'll travel up and uh, taking a taking a game. See Cruz hit a couple bombs. I'm in. Um, yeah, no, I, and we've talked about this uh, on the podcast before, Colin. Like, you're definitely right. Is it if you're not super plugged into college baseball, we had uh, Bradley Smart obviously on to to, to walk us through. Um, college world series kind of give us get us ready for the college world series this year and bradley's been on uh last season to kind of just talk about the college season as it was getting kicked off so we always have to kind of lean on um those that are way more in the know than we are here at on the farm uh to help us out so i definitely get that um i the only thing that i'll add obviously i went on and on as we had that super long pod um last week but looking at video now and starting to put together my FYPD. Uh, Jake put his out. If you guys haven't gotten a chance, uh, take a look. I'll see if I can grab the actual tweet and put it in the show notes if you guys can just uh, just want to look at the post in of itself. But um, he put out his FYPD, sort of top 50, um, just, you know, kind of instant reaction sort of thing. I'm still kind of putting together mine. I think I have uh, a top 50 that I'm comfortable putting out with, uh, putting out soon. Uh, so you'll see that uh, coming uh, on Twitter probably in the next couple of days. And it's just been very interesting looking at the number of uh, prep shortstops that are out that are super talented, like just really athletic, like George Lombard, um, Colin Hoke, uh, Namala, obviously. Um, 
who's the uh, Ty Pete is another one. Just a lot of athletic kids um, that are built at shortstop. Some of them obviously will get moved, some to second, some to third. Uh, but that's been interesting to try to figure out how to slot those sort of like four. And, and I'm probably blanking on a couple of other guys that are that are prep ballers um, that fit that mold. But that's been interesting to watch video and read scouting reports on kind of those four and think about, you know, what what's you know could happen with them and obviously once uh they start taking some some pro at bats that'll inform us even more with that being said let's get into what we're here to do um talk about uh what we're hoping for from guys that are in the majors already we're going to start with rookies so these are um players that you know i've gotten some burn this season at the major league uh level either still prospect eligible or maybe they're newly graduated off the list. I mentioned Mason Miller. We don't really have to go super deep into him um, off the jump, but obviously uh, he was one of my first picks and and obviously just looking for him to come back healthy and give us a few more innings. Um, Ideally at the major league level, because I help my fantasy team, but um, at least uh, in in the minors just to show that – He's been able to successfully rehab. Uh, I was trying to pull the report uh, today uh, as we we're getting ready, but I'm pretty sure I've read um, that the the most recent update on him is that he's fl- thrown it off a of flat ground. It sounds like they're still kind of taking it day by day. Um, so no real rush on him, but it sounds like the progress is in a forward, uh, you know, uh, movement, which is always good. He obviously was able to uh, avoid surgery with his UCL sprain, which is, you know, that's good as well. We're hoping, yeah, <laughs> yeah, cross, Connor just crossed himself. Yeah, let's cross, cross up, let's, let's bless up and pray up um, that that stays the case. But, yeah, uh, Miller, I mean, we knew it was going to have some sort of impact, just the, the small number of innings that he has uh, going from college and then into the pros, having had some injury issues, some some serious injury issues in the past. So we knew that there was going to be an impact the way he throws and the number of innings he piled up early on in the season. But that's kind of my first sort of hope is just seeing Miller come back healthy, ideally being able to book some serious innings, you know, in the minor leagues, double A, triple A level, um, if not at the major league level before the season ends. Uh, But I will turn the next person over to our guest, Colin. Who do you have high hopes for the rest of the season? So this is a guy who... He's been under the radar for a little bit. I think he's finally starting to get some hype. Nolan Jones of the Colorado Rockies is a guy that I'm really hoping for a big, big, big second half from. This um, He was known for like some power, a little speed, some hit tool issues. Uh, not really sure what to make of it. He got the move to Colorado the offseason, but playing time was always a question. He's getting some run now with Blackman out, and the, the, the tools – off the charts for, for me. Looking at some the, – the, the, the surface stats really don't jump off the page at, at you. It's only – maybe I'm trying to pull up the stats right now. I think it's five home runs, six home runs. It's six home runs, 18 runs, 15 RBI. The ratios are good, uh, 280 batting average, 856 OPS. But you want more counting stats. I think they're coming. The exit velocity, the max exit velocity, 114 miles an hour is in the 90th percentile. His sprint speed is in the 80th percentile. So there should be more more stolen bases coming. 
once once you kind of dig into the even more underlying numbers, I use uh, Alex Chamberlain's pitch table a lot. He keeps track of like dynamic hard hit rate. They they're called uh, blast, which is like the best barrels. The, he uh, he's elite in all those. Like when I look at dynamic hard hit rate, I want at least ten percent. Nolan Jones is at nineteen percent. Mm. When I look at blast percentage, like the best quality barrels. I usually want 4%. He's at 8%. Mm. 95 mile per hour, fly ball line drive, uh, exit velocity, playing at cores, that's got to turn in, 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 into home runs. I, I, I just think that there's like an explosion coming. Mm. Like you can't be, you can't hit the ball that hard, that consistently, and be that fast without things going your way. My only issue is he plays with the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Where does he go when Blackman comes back? That was going to be my question. I, I and you know what? I don't know. <laughs> like I, I the logic would say, here's a young kid. He's having some success. Um, maybe we give him some more time to play. But you know, this is a team that historically ha- has aging vets in, in place of rookies who who have skills. So we're it's 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 a wait and see. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, that was that was. I'm glad that you addressed it because that was going to be my exact question to you. It's okay. What happens when Blackman comes back? Um, but I, I, I'm. It's very curious. Um, not to not to keep going back to the draft, but just thinking about like they drafted a lot of pitchers this draft. They drafted a good handful, including Gabriel Hughes as their uh, first overall pick. Well, first yeah, first overall pick in last year's draft. And part of me is like. Okay, but don't you know? Again, it's cool. Like, haven't you guys figured out that, you know, that's probably not going to work the way you think it's going to work? But at the same time, we see from a hitting standpoint. So, so I say that to say there's some of like old mindset of we're going to draft a lot of pitchers, thinking, especially pitchers that have rising fastballs. Like, you got Gabriel Hughes, now you got Chase Dollander. Like, <laughs> it's going to flatten out in cores, guys. Like, we've seen the science behind it. You should know that by now. But then you have maybe some newer thinking where we saw Tovar, uh, you know, come up and, and finally break through. Yeah, yeah. Like him run, even though he's had ups and downs, which you expect from a young hitter. They haven't completely just sidelined him. They let him work through it. Uh, you got a guy like Brenton Doyle who was kind of like, um, you know, maybe top 10 in, in their org, but definitely not a guy to, you know, look for. He's kind of done a much lighter version of what Nolan Jones does, give you a little bit of pop, a little bit of um, stolen bases, plays decent outfield. But they got rid of Jonathan Daza, and Doyle was able to step in, get more at-bats there. So then you wonder, maybe they have learned some lessons from the past. Maybe they're comfortable with giving more time to Jones, again, considering that they they traded for him, they went out and got him. You yeah. want to think in part because they could see, hey, lefty with you know a lot of pop, if we put him in cores, good things will happen. And to your point, Colin, this is what we're seeing uh, from the underlying stats. So maybe, maybe we dare to hope, which is the point of the episode, that yeah, yeah. they've learned their lessons in some way, shape, or form, and, uh, and Nolan Jones at least gets the lion's share of playing time, even when black men return. Yeah, one one thing we've been preaching uh, at Pars um, is pay attention to what the team is telling you about their players. Mm. Meaning, when they go out and get a guy, they see something in him. You know, they just don't randomly make trades 
they're not playing dynasty baseball. I feel like making a trade today, a trade today because I'm bored. There's there's something there. So like I like that kind of gives me hope that once Blackman is back, is they give him some more time because as good as Nolan Jones is, he's still not a finished product. Like a 32 percent strike zone rate, or I'm sorry, strike zone rate, a 30 plus K rate mm-hmm. is not good. Right. You know, that's that, that's danger zone. But he makes a lot of contact. Like, the swinging strike rate is good. He doesn't chase the ball. You know, he, he so he, he clearly needs some more time against MLB pitching. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping the fact that he's had success, the Rockies saw something in him to bring him over. I'm hoping that, like, he's just – he's earned his place in the lineup for the rest of the season. I mean, I'm hoping for a big, big, big second half. Yeah, I think Jones is actually, like, a really good pick for this type of – of episode in this type of list because those underlying stats that you were just uh, naming made me think like the K rate has always been one of the biggest sort of caps on his ceiling. It was when he was with Cleveland, right? Is that, is that large K rate. But if you're looking at the fact that he's making contact and making good quality contact, the exact type of uh, contact that we want to see specifically in fantasy and especially from uh, somebody of, of his ilk, that sort of player type, a corner outfielder, He's going to give you a little bit, you know, above average speed for a corner outfielder and then bring that pop. And we know, again, the run environment, of course, one kind of starts to think maybe he probably can't sustain it with 30 percent. But again, as he continues to learn, maybe that can come down a couple notches. Maybe we can get yeah. to the 27, 26, exactly. be there yeah. again to hope and wish. And then it becomes you. There are guys that can sustain having a 26, 27, like not necessarily one in the same, but from the other side of the plate, Adelise Garcia continues to still have a above average strikeout rate, but he can sustain it because he makes such good quality, hard hit contact when he's yeah. running into the ball. And so, you know, it is possible. It's a thinner margin. We always talk about margin of error on the podcast. It is a thinner margin, but it's one that at least thus far he's showing he might be able to get to. And again, uh, you know, if the swinging strike is down, uh, and the chase is down, like you were saying, Colin, that makes me a little bit more comfortable if I'm pursuing him or if I have him on the roster because some of that might be just the noise of, you know, he's taking some good pitches, some of them get called. He might, he might be a little, a little passive. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen uh, we've seen players come up before that are too passive. He does walk a lot. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he's probably sees a lot of pitches, and he's letting pitches he should be hitting go. And that's maybe that's why the K rate's a little higher. Right. You know, so he, he, he definitely has everything. Uh, he has a good foundation to just, to just really take off. I don't think – I think some people are starting to catch on to it. Yeah, uh, I've, I've seen, like, some dynasty rankings come out where he's, like, outside of the top 100, mm. which is, like, you know, I mean, not maybe, like, 150-ish for some guys. So people are starting to catch on. So there still might be a buying opportunity. If he might be available in your league, he might be on a bench of a, mm-hmm. of a contender. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's a guy I'm willing to, to to gamble on. Right, kind of on a contender, he might be that like fourth, fifth outfielder. They start him every now and then if guys hurt or if there's a different matchup that they want to play. But you can might be able to pull him away, plug him into your lineup. I like it. Uh, I I'm hoping that my pick kind of fits into a similar mold. Another outfielder, young guy had strikeout concerns, this Oscar Colas uh, of the Chicago White Sox. Um, he's spent most of this season uh, at AAA um, after, you know, he got the promotion, started the year off with the White Sox, 
that first pass did not go really well at all. Um, and really since, uh, I want to say about early May, he's been um, at, in uh, Birmingham and, uh, or I'm sorry, Charlotte is the AAA affiliate. So he's been in Charlotte. And I mean, in Charlotte though, he's been ripping. Strikeout rate is at a much more sustainable, I think it was 21.8, I want to say, is the percentage of the strikeout rate. That's, you know, very sustainable, very good, especially for uh, somebody of Colas's, uh ilk as a hitter. The EVs, 108.2 is the 90th percentile EV. Just to give you a handful of names, that's higher than Henry Davis put up. That's higher than Brett Beatty put up. That's higher than uh, industry darling uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand put up. I mean, he smacks the ball. And then the zone contact rate, he's not missing on pitches in the zone. 80, Essentially 85 of who round out, 84.6. So, I mean, 85% is the zone contact rate. I feel like kind of what you were talking about with Nolan Jones, it's all right there. It just needs a little bit more seasoning. And I'm hoping that, you know, the White Sox are kind of their own different mess than what the Rockies are. But I'm hoping that they bring Carlos up. He's still going to have some strikeout. He's still going to have some swing and miss. He's still going to have to work through, through some things. But I'm hoping that they give him the consistent APs. They plug him into the lineup and that they can see that the Central probably has gotten away from him. Um, I mean, you can never say never because, like, the Central is really bad overall. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but if they do become dealers, like a lot of people are anticipating if one of Giolito and or Lance Lynn goes and they're like, hey, we're just going to turn around. Tim Anderson has not been himself. He's on and off. Uh, IL, obviously, you know, Eloy Jimenez is like almost Mr. Glass at this point. You hate to say it. Got to figure out what's going on with Robert after the home run derby. Like, you know, you start to look at these pieces if they say, you know what, we're going to just retool, re-up, and we're going to let Colas get, you know, a, a fuller run than what he got at the beginning of the year when we really thought we were going to be not just division winners, but full-on contenders here. I, I He's a guy that I would want to go after. He's a guy that I would want to make a deal for now. Um, I don't want, you know, I'm not giving away the farm. I'm not giving up a whole lot for him. But if there's, you know, maybe, you know, a, a back-end starter, that you can give the, and it, again, it depends on your league size, but like if there's a back and starter that maybe you can swap for. Um, I mean, I think it might be, it might be highway robbery to say that there's a reliever out there that you are willing to give that somebody would give you cola, but like something of that nature, I guess is where I'm going after. It doesn't have to be a lot. I like it. I like, I, I like calls. I, I, I personally had him rostered in, in one league, I, I moved him. Uh, I, I I forget. Well, I think I had to move him to get some some more hitting. He, his problem this year hasn't been like K rate or mm-hmm. or any, anything like that. I think it's been a little bit of bad luck and just launch angle. Mm. Uh, Two ninety six Babip is not his. It's not him. He usually runs higher Babips. Right. I'm looking at his minor league numbers like three seventy five, three fifty five. Right. And when you get as hard as he does, like. You would expect yeah. it to be on the higher end, but the but talk to me about the launch angle part. So his ground ball rate, and this is maybe we should have seen this coming. It's a little high. It was a little high last year. Uh, like at high A, high A was forty seven percent, double A forty five. Once he got the triple A, he started lifting the ball more. It was twenty seven percent in the MLB this year. It was almost like it was fifty nine percent. That's mm. not good mm. at all like, i don't care how hard you hit the ball which he does he I, he's got all the power in the world you're driving it into the dirt right 
you're, you're, it's just, you, you, you can't, you can't do anything with that. It looks like it got a little better with his time at AAA this year, like 40, 42% ground, uh, ground balls. It's still not where you want it to be for Colas to really take advantage of, of that power. But, you know, I mean, a 36 fly ball percent fly ball rate, 21% line drive rate, he does get it in the air. So if he's kind of found a way to get some more lift yeah. in that ball, maybe be a little more patient uh, because he was not walking a lot either at the MLBB level. There, There's a recipe for, for success there. Like I'm not like, – like you said – I'm not going to throw you my best prospects or or anything like that, but if the price is right, if there's a team that maybe is in the second, third spot in the standings, they need a little help, I'll throw something at them to see if I can probably call away because he's he was there's a lot of hype on him coming in, in, into the year, so there might be some some bitterness, some disappointment. He he, he can be had. He's, he's a good bet to bet. He's a good bat to to uh, to do it to a bet on. Yeah, I'm I'm looking to see if I can grab his triple A launch angle. I want to say I, when I was doing the prep for the pod, I want to say it was nine, like nine point two degrees or something like that. But I want to double check and see if I can find it well, rather quickly. Let's see what we got here. Um, eight point eight. So yeah, still not great. Like you want to get that into definitely into double digits. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, say this, I'll say this though: it's better than the uh, two point nine. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he had in the uh, in the, in uh, MLB. So yeah. clearly, there is some recognition that what he, whatever his is his uh, his strategy was wasn't working. Yeah. So you know, Oscar Colas and Nolan Jones, I think um, two young you know still quite young outfielders uh that i think i'm in agreement with colin about nolan jones the more i'm kind of rolling around what you said the more i kind of like like man i wish actually now i kind of wish i had a little bit more pieces on my team so i could throw out a good deal i don't think i have enough to to persuade the guys in my league but um maybe in in one of those orphan teams i might i might look around and and see if i can swing something but I, i like nolan jones i like um, anticipating the outburst from him and yeah we'll see with with Colas if uh he can get that full run and you know the ground ball to fly ball ratio and the launch angle is I, I think that's something to pay attention to because it seems like the k rate is not the thing uh, i like how you pointed that out colin it, it, it's not which is what we anticipated we talked about Colas. um we highlighted him when we started the season uh and we were kind of prepping he was one of the guys we were talking about you know kind of anticipating and that was the main thing is man is he going to swing and miss way too much and not really not really it but like you said if you're hitting a bunch of worm burners you know unless you're ichiro like (laughs) you're not going to bring a whole lot of value Um, yeah 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 all right so we got uh, a couple down and I know you have kind of like two pitchers. Um, I don't know if you want to cover just one or two. We got the time. Um, but I think both of these are very interesting names, especially because of the hype behind both of them. So I'll turn turn it over to you. So these two pitchers, um, they're kind of having similar issues right now. They're, they're, they're underperforming their ERA estimators. It's Taj, Taj Bradley of the Rays and Hunter Brown of the Astros. I think Brown had a ton of hype 
coming into the year. They were uh, he's expecting to get a rotation spot from the start from the start. And same thing with Taj Bradley. I mean, I don't know if he was expected to start, but we would see innings from him. And they've both just really kind of not lived up to the hype. Brown hasn't been that bad. A 4.12 ERA with a 20% uh, strike minus walk rate, that's top 20 of baseball. You can't be too upset with that. Do you want the ERA lower? Of course. But then you look at the his expected stats, his expected fielding independent, uh, his XFIP and his Sierra. They're both three. Uh, I think Sierra's, what is it? It's uh, th- 3.4. That's much, much lower than his ERA of, of over four. So he, he should be getting better results than the what he's got because he's got big stuff, nasty stuff, lots of swing and miss. He's doing everything that that, that he's supposed to be doing, not walking a lot, a lot of guys. So I'm looking for a much lower ERA in the second half. Bradley, he's performed much, much worse. Mm-hmm. His ERA is almost six. But again, his ERA estimators, very, very, very good. A three point three extra in Sierra. I mean, that's that, that's that's some, that would be some of the best in baseball. Yeah, his twenty three percent strike minus walk rate that puts him in the categories of Jesus Lozada and Pablo Lopez mm. aces. Mm. What's killed him this year is the BABIP. A three fifty BABIP is much higher than than it should be. That's not sustainable. Even if he's trying to get get them to to, to hit it, almost yeah. he just strikes out too many guys to have a batting average on balls in play that high. That should come down in in the in the second half. Because again, like Brown, he's got a ton of nasty pitches. He's got big swing and miss stuff. And he's on the Rays. We know the Rays know how to get the most out of their pitchers. You know, and they're gonna need innings from him. They've lost Jeffrey Springs this year. They lost uh I don't think Russ Russ Musson is going to be starting anymore. He might be a reliever. I don't even know if he's back yet or not. Right. So Bradley's going to get the run. He's going to get the inning. He's going to get a chance to live up to those underlying numbers. And if you if there's a contender, Hunter Brown might be too hard to get because he hasn't been that bad. But if you're if there's someone in your league who's disappointed with him, somebody who needs something more, yeah. I think is a great buying opportunity. Bradley. I mean, you got an ERA of six. You, you almost can't start him some yeah. game. So if there's if he's on a team that's like towards the bottom of the standings, you're probably not going to be able to get him. Yeah. But if there's a contender who's got Bradley, I would gladly uh, drop a DM and ask, "What do you want to uh, to, yeah. to upgrade your 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 rotation?" rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, you saying that the immediate thought that I have is like. Um, being in like a 14 or 15 teamer, I think is like the perfect position to go after Bradley specifically because there's just enough, like pitching is still going to be more more than likely. Um, and I'm assuming this is like head-to-head, cats, something of that nature, right? So I'm not thinking about points or roto. Yeah. Um, but pitching is going to be still be a premium. Right. But there's still going to be enough um, where you're not like every hand on deck. So I'm thinking about, you know, you get into 18, 20 teamers. It's like you're you, it, this guy's got to be like bottom of the barrel for me to willingly, to, you know, get rid of a prospect. It's like this guy has to be terrible because I need every arm available to me. 
because the free agent wire is so terrible because again the, the league is so big um, roster spots there's so many uh different pitchers that are going to be rostered i really don't have a way to just easily go to the wire and get a, a, a better replacement so in a in a deep league yeah i'm not giving up Taj bradley unless you're giving me a lot right yeah but if i'm in that 14 teamer i can probably look at my rotation and to your point if i'm like a top four team in that 14 teamer he might be my odd guy out he might be the one guy where i'm like man if I could just get a better pitcher than him, I got three other horses that I'm willing to run with. If I can just upgrade this guy, my bullpen's okay, but my hitting's probably pretty good. Man, I can. I, that would probably put me over the top. I feel really good about going into the playoffs. And then Colin shows up in my DMs and says, "Hey, want to make a deal?" I might be willing to listen and say, "Okay, who? What are you giving me back? How can I get a better pitcher?" Or, you know, really blow out maybe my, my bullpen. Maybe I can get, a, a like, one more top-end closer or give me a top-end bat um, that really is going to just explode my offense. And even if, I, if, even if I don't have the best pitching staff, I got, you know, three aces or three top guys, I can run with that. And now I'm, like, smoking everybody else in all the other categories um, because of this trade. And then, Colin, in return, you're going to get Taj Bradley. And what you're, you know, hoping for, I think what we're saying here is, hey, Babbitt is going to have to regress, right? We're going to think that the luck is going to turn his way a little bit more. Um, ERA, in turn, is going to come down a, a lot bit more. He still can get swing and miss stuff. He's still not walking a ton of guys. So things will turn, the arrow will turn back up in an up trajectory for the rest of this season, which, like you were saying before, makes you feel really good about going into the next season because um, he's going to be, you know, that that year older, so to speak, right? He's going to uh, have matured just that little bit more. So um, 14, 15 yeah. team guys, listen, you know, listen up and, and maybe take a look at what the price is for Bradley. I'm here. I'll, I'll just like the, I'll summarize Bradley in, into this. You can't strike out 30% of batters, walk under 10% of batters and have an ERA of 5.4. That's, like, that's just some insane bad, bad luck. So he's eventually it's it's going to turn around. Yeah. And like as far as Brown goes, there's better things on the horizon. You're probably not going to be able to pry him away from anyone because he, like I said, he hasn't been that bad. But if you have Brown and you've been a little disappointed with him, hold him. You, like he's he's pitched much better than than his stat line in, indicates. So there's there's definitely some 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 better games in his future. Cool. With that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, now we're going to turn our attentions to prospects of those still in the minors and thinking about what we're hoping to see from them in the back half of the 2023 season right after this. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. 
Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, and we are back. Uh, so again, I'm here with Colin uh, Coolahan. We're talking about our high hopes for the rest of the season. We talked already about uh, kind of the the rookies and, and those that are in the major leagues, what we're hoping to expect from a handful of those folks. Now we're going to talk about uh, prospect-wise what we're looking for from the uh, rest of this season and, and hoping to see as far as improvement. Before we get into the actual list, I want to ask uh, Colin, what do you? What are some things that you think about or some things that you're looking for when you're thinking about a prospect that you roster or maybe even just have interest in and how they can improve for the second half of a season? It, it, it's going to depend on a few things. Every I, you know, every player is a little, a little different. I, it doesn't change too much from first half to second half. Um, usually, it's can he keep it up? We see players who are on hot streaks all the time, and second time around, a lot of them hit like the book gets out on them, and they can't continue to uh, repeat their success. If guys have moved up a level, I want to see what what they can do. Because, you know, everybody comes in at, like, low A, single A, hit the ball as far as the eye can see or strike out the world. But once they get up to, like, double A, that's, like, the real test. So guys who are moving up in from, from the lower minors to the upper minors in the second half, those are the guys I'm really watching. Against the better competition, like um, the Pirates, uh, uh, I think he's the second baseman, Sung, Sung Che Chang. Um, he was a guy tearing it up. Yep. Uh, for uh, for the early, early part of the season, he last time I checked in on him, he's in Double A now, and he's off to a slow start. Right. So that's something that, like, immediately I kind of pay attention to, where you're 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 playing against some of the best players in minor league system, and you're struggling. Maybe you're not the guy I thought you were. Right. I'm not hitting like the uh, jump button, but I'm definitely going to pay attention to what you're it doing. The value it changes the value exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that, that's probably the biggest thing I'm 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 look I'm looking at is the guys moving up. What are you doing? Are you still are you still playing well? Are you playing well against guys who are old older than, than you? And just more of the same. If you've been hitting well the first half, I want to see you hit well in the, in the second half. I want you to finish the, the season strong. Makes a lot of sense, and I think that's actually a perfect jumping off point for um, the first person on this list. And this is sort of my entry because that's what we kind of saw from him last year that really got the, the prospect community salivating going into this year in the first half didn't really go, I think, according to a lot of people's expectations, it's Jackson Churio. And with Churio last year, it was exactly that, right? He got, he got that bump uh, from uh, low A to high A. He was killing it at low A, goes to high A, still has really good um, rest of the season. The WRC plus, if you look, it drops pretty substantially, like forty points or so. But the overall counting stats and things of that nature still look really good. He's still, you know, nineteen years old, or eight, I think maybe he was in eighteen last year. But like, you know, looking really good. He gets a um, handful of games at Double A to finish out the season after the the higher team um, season ends. Didn't look great, but everybody, you know, that's okay. It was just a little, you know, just getting his feet wet. Double A next season, he's going to kill it. And he comes out not terrible, but again, not what I think people anticipated. 309 OBP, 
um, strikeouts, I think, were a little bit higher than what people expected. Uh, power still there, but uh, again, it, it just hasn't been the sort of undeniable presence that I think we were anticipating after seeing what he did last year. But my reason for putting him on this list is, first and foremost, first game post-tacky ball at A, he hits a home run. Go figure. Right. So we have to remember he's at Biloxi. He's in the Southern League. Uh, if, if for those that are not in the know, the Southern League tacky ball experiment of the first half is officially over now. So all your prospects, pitchers and hitters that uh, are getting moved into or have been in the Southern League this season, you're going to have to do some more legwork on paying attention to what their performance is now, because we know Andrea Abbott was like exhibit a uh, like exhibit one a that that tag ball adds a whole lot when it comes to uh, movement. If you guys read the story, uh, baseball America did some great pieces on like it does a lot when it comes to pitching performance, as well as how hitters are reacting. So now that that's officially scrapped, it'll be very interesting to see how Cheerio um, uh, uh, continues to perform. And, he does have an aggressive approach. It's a uh, 51.5% swing rate is what I was seeing. Uh, but I haven't seen it lead to like an outsized amount of swing and misses. 12.4% swing and strike is is what I saw from the Fangraphs page. And again, as a 19-year-old, like I was trying to put together a leaderboard. There was a lot of uh, DSL guys. And so I was trying to figure out how to filter you know, those those folks out. But pretty much, if you look around... 19 year olds that are running that sort of uh you know 13 we'll call it 13 percent swing strike rate or less there's not a lot of them that are uh out there let alone like at that level of a ball most of them that if you put together a leaderboard i can almost guarantee you because i was doing it that the majority of them are going to be dsl guys and complex uh rookie ball guys you're not going to see a whole lot of low a high a and definitely not 19 year olds at double a period let alone putting in 13 percent or or better so i think the it's one of those things where we a lot of times in the prospect community we want to have it both ways we want to have like the youngest guy dominate do the best and then as soon as he starts messing up it's like maybe he's not that good he's a bum <laughs> right it's like but he's still young like that was the whole point is he's yeah. doing this and he's really young so that's that's something that i've um so part of me playing i i I'll keep it short. When I jumped into fantasy baseball, I went immediately into dynasty baseball. I didn't know anything about roto head to head. So I've taught, I've learned by being bad at this game. And part of what I, and I'm every year I try to learn, learn something else. And what I've done this year um, is really pay attention. Like, like I said earlier with, um, with, 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 with Nolan Jones, what is the team telling you? about this player. Like you just said, there are not a lot of teenagers in double A. So the guys that are there, the team sees a reason to put them there. I'm looking at, at Jackson's uh, baseball reference page right now. And they have that, that, that age difference. Yes, I love that. Uh, he's almost five years younger than the rest of the league. And he's put and he's doing good, solid. He's not getting, he's not striking out at like a, 35% rate. He's not hitting under two, 200. He's having a solid year, but he's having a solid year against guys who are 
five years older than older than him. He's he can't even legally buy a drink in in the states yet, and he's up there being competitive against pitchers who are much much old, older than him. The team believes that he's that he's that he belongs in, in that level. So, so that should tell you, that even when he hits hits a bit of a skid, or he's not really living up to to the hype, and they haven't done something like moving him down a level. They that 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 there's still something there. This 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 kid's is a special special talent, and like and like like you said, no more tacky ball. So now the pitchers got to change their strategy. And first game, a bomb. I'm expecting a lot more this in the the rest of the, of the, of the summer. That yeah. kid's gonna his hype is gonna go right back to where it was last year. Just just climbing, so. climbing, climbing. Yeah, I think so. I think if there was if you. You know, the idea of buying low on Jackson Churio this year it seems preposterous. But if there ever was a time, it was probably around like March or uh, May or June that you may have been able to offer a below market value. Doesn't mean that you didn't have to give up something, but a below. Oh market yeah, value no, you're you're, you're going to pay get Churio. Um, but I think now, like it, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to really blow out. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm on best baseball reference with you. Um, just looking at a couple of things and, and a little cherry picky, I, I'll admit, but, um, last 28 days, uh, 271, 302, uh, 458, 759 OPS, right? So again, not, not amazing, nothing great, nothing sensational, but if I look, if I go ahead and click down, uh, the lines have been pretty much consistent month by month. So April, he puts up, uh, 712 OPS, May 739 OPS, June 714 OPS. So still not spectacular, but again, we're not seeing a whole lot of roller coaster. We're seeing it's pretty much solid as far as the um the uh, performance is. And here's the thing to ultimately remember, and this just goes right back to your point about his age and and level. Baseball Reference, I, I, one of the things I really like about it for prospecting is. When you look at season batter splits for minor leagues, it gives you versus younger pitchers and versus older pitchers, how a player performs. I love that. There is no versus younger pitchers for Jackson Churio <laughs> on his page. There is nobody younger than him in double A. It's a, his entire line is against players or against pitchers specifically that are older than him. So when you think about everything that we saw last year, that just just amazed us and set the world on fire and oh my goodness this is the guy there's nothing that i've seen or even legit read that makes me think that there's a fundamental difference from that player and this player other than competition has gotten that much better it probably takes him a little bit longer it would have been great if he had made that adjustment you know from april to may but for a lot of guys it is that half of the year takes a break comes back I expect to see the second half. He, he'd be on fire. I can make the argument that he's even gotten a little better mm. from last year into, into this year. You look at last year, his his strikeout rate it was a little high. It was twenty eight percent at single A, twenty two percent. That's good at high A. But then the few games he played in double A last year, forty two percent strikeout mm-hmm. rate. This year, twenty one percent. It's good. The swing and strike rate. I mean, at the three levels he played at last year, 17%, 15%, 19%. That's not good. This year, it's down to 12%. Mm -hmm. So he's made some improvements in the areas that you want a young player to make improvements in, especially an aggressive hitter like him. 
I don't care if he swings a lot. I want him to at least make contact uh, when, when, when he does. So he's made strides in those areas. It hasn't really blown up on the surface stats yet. But again, dude, he's 19 years old. Yeah. He's making improvements. He's playing against guys who are much older than him, much more experienced than him, that have been playing pro ball for a right. couple of years, and he's keeping up with them. And that's just very, very, very impressive. And that's just the pro ball, right? I mean, you're talking about, you know, if we just think about the the players that are at double A just in general, the pitchers that are at double A in general, or have come from double A, right? We've seen a, a, yep. a slew of promotions. I mean, these are guys that put in two, three years in college as well. So you got yep, exactly. that experience. Plus, they've been, you know, a couple seasons into pros. So you're talking about, you know, they got almost like a five-year jump on him in many ways. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we can go on and on. But if you have Cheerio, hang on to him. If you were somehow, I don't know what you did, what deal you made, able to buy Jackson Cheerio early and get under what his market value really should be, kudos to you. Hats off. I think you're about to see that return on investment very quickly. Um, and the rest of 2023, you have two players, um, middle-ish infield guys. Uh, I think, I think they actually, as I think about them and look at the names, I think they have some similarities, um, as, as far as player profiles, Colin. So, uh, I don't know if you, who you want to do first, but I know you got two names on this top part of this list. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll start with the guy that I've been going after hard in all, in all my leagues um Tyler Black mm. of the Milwaukee Brewers another another Brewers <laughs> prospect he th- this guy he's getting he's got more recognition as the season's gone on I mean the guy he's, he's stolen last time I checked when prepping for this he, he had 40 stolen bases mm. that's going to get some attention but he's he might be the best pure hitter in that system tons of contact uh, his swinging strike rate is eight percent that's some that's among the best he gets on base. Uh, I think the, what's his walk rate? Seventeen percent walk rate, twenty-one uh, percent strikeout rate. He's getting himself into good counts. The only real knock against him is where is his power is projected to be league average. Mm-hmm. But I think there's more power there than you would than than what was projected. Forty percent fly ball rate in a two-four-three isolated. Uh, a, uh, ISO, there's more pop there than what the ones I, I advertise. He can hit 20 bases, or I'm hit 20 bases. He can hit 20 home runs and steal 30 bases in, in, the, in the major leagues. This guy, he's got all the tools, all all the tools there to be like an elite fantasy player. I think I think he's being he's being slept on a bit uh, this year because when you look at Prospect rankings. The last time I saw him, he was right outside of the top 100, which is good. But I don't think that really emphasizes just how good he's going to be mm. uh, in, in in fantasy leagues. Yeah, I, I have to admit, uh, I'm one of the sleepers because I slept on him last year. I traded for him early. I want to say last season, maybe even the off season going into last season. Um, and last year, the 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 power concerns. He had some contact concerns uh, as far as uh, EVs. I, I was hearing and seeing some reports that like EVs weren't really popping off the charts the way um, 
you know, some people had anticipated and it scared me off, I'll be honest. And I, I dealt him. I don't remember what the trade was, but I dealt him. And I was like, oh, I, and I felt good. I was like, oh, I got off that train before, like, I got overly invested. Cool. And then this year it was like, wrong. As usual, Lamar, wrong. Like, you bet on the wrong horse. Uh, because, yeah, it's, it's everything that you're saying. And uh, long-time listeners have, have heard me and Jake talk about this in previous podcasts, especially coming off the draft one multi-category contributors like that's if you can't get a superstar we all want stars right we all want the acunas and the uh you know jackson holiday is doing it right now as far as the minors like we all want those types of guys obviously but if you can't get those guys especially as hitters if you can get the multi-category contributors the guys that can be everyday players and be additive in multiple categories without deteriorating any other part of your roster construction it just becomes it, it, it a what it does is there's some hidden value there because they can sneak up they may never crack that top 100 right to your point colin by the time they make it to the majors they may always have been outside the top 100 so you get the value of essentially a top 100 guy but you never had to pay the cost because he wasn't that uh he wasn't the name brand right you got the right. off name version of some top 100 guy, <laughs> right but you're getting the same production if not better uh so i always try to have the antenna up typically with the, on this one obviously but typically i try to have the antenna up for those types of players because the value is there um the flexibility i know he's he's done i think he came in as shortstop they've been playing him as second and third it looks like now so there's some multi uh, positional eligibility that that might happen that always gets me excited um but yeah the, the power stolen base piece and then being able to make good contact you know they have bryce terang and this is i think a better version of what bryce terang is was supposed to bring to the brewers yeah this this is a guy that you may not see the value like in a 12 team league because mm. there's probably gonna be better options mm. but this is somebody that in a deep league yeah with 20 team league, 14, 15, 16 team league, you can look at him and go, This guy saved, you know, he he was my MVP. I could put him in the lineup every day, not have to worry about batting average, OBP. He, he hit he, he hit some bobs, stole some bases. Like the guys like this, and those as you get into the deeper, deeper, deeper leagues, just become so much more, more, more valuable. And I got him early before, like, you know, his name started getting a little bit of a hype. I had Jake Cronenworth. He wasn't he wasn't playing well. I needed to make room for Altuve coming back. Mm-hmm. I just did one for one, Tyler Black. Hmm. And this is before like Jake Cronenworth was hitting like I think he's what, like two ten, two two third two thirteen now. At the time, I think some of my league mates were kind of like looking at that like, what are you doing? Right. Every Cronenworth, to me, he had been regressing for a couple of years now, and I don't think I could do that deal today. Right. I don't think I would be able to do one for one for for Tyler Black. So I, I'm really glad I pulled the uh, the trigger there. I'm really, really, really excited for when he gets called up. Probably some point next year. I, I don't see him getting a cup of coffee this year, but I'm looking forward to when he gets called up. I'm looking to see if he can kind of turn uh turn turn his 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 raw power into into some some game power. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I'm seeing if I can grab. Uh, uh, maybe I can't. 
Um, but I was curious just to see um, a little bit more about uh, his numbers and uh, underlying stats specifically, uh, if my typing can actually help us out here. Um, but yeah, like I said, Terang is a guy that I think of uh, when I think about Black as far as being like, you know, a Terang can give you like a baseline version of this, but Black, his future value is like, you know, uh, exponentially better in the same, in the same areas, in the same um, sort of categories. So yeah, just underlying wise, uh, yeah, 17.6 walk. I think you'd highlight that 42% swing rate, 78.6% contact. So that's pretty good, especially at the double A level. Again, he's on that same double A team as Jackson Churio. So again, in the Southern league, we'll be interested to see uh, post tacky ball, how he's, he's doing. Um, So yeah, I, 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 I like I like Tyler Black. I wish I had liked him this much uh, like a year and a half ago, but that's on me. And then the next guy that you have. Oh yeah, my other name. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is a name. So I did a piece for Pars List uh, during the All Star Week. It was my uh, my my All Stars of the season, my Pars stars, as I as I called it. This was uh, Tyler Black was on there. He was my uh, third baseman. And this guy, Cole Young, was my shortstop. And I think I could have picked a few other guys to be like my all-star shortstop for the minor league system. I could have done Holiday and be like everybody else. But I really, really, really like what Cole Young has done in Seattle. He put up an 829 OPS at single A. And I think even in single A, he was really young for, for the league. I'm looking at his baseball reference page right now to see what the age difference was. Yeah, he's two years younger than 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 the guys at A-Ball. And he was putting up really, really good numbers. There was not much power there yet. He's still really young. He did hit five home runs at single A. He walked almost as much as he struck out. He had above average power. He stole 17 bases. And the teams called him up to high A. And in a few games, he's hitting 500. So he 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 clearly has good bat to ball skills. He has good eye. He's got a floor for power. And he's super young. Now he's playing against guys who are, I think are three to four years older than him. And in two games, he's looked great. <laughs> he's got a lot more to go, and he's got a lot of time to get called up. So he there is some things that could go wrong for him. You might see him start to get beat by by a high level of, of, of pitching, mm. but I don't think so. I, th- I I think this guy is such a great hitter. He, he he's just going to keep on doing what, what 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 he's done. Yeah, I think um, with Young, the one long time listeners know that like player comps, I always say like not my thing. I try to stay away from. Him, but a player that does come to mind as far as the sort of results that he was able to generate is like Brian Roberts. Like a more athletic version because Roberts obviously was second baseman and, and Young's able to stick at short, it looks like. But a guy that he may never really be a 20-plus home run guy. Maybe he gets like one year where like it translates. He might be more of a in the teens, like 15, 18. But he's going to spray doubles like nobody oh, yeah. else. And he has, the, and he, you know, he, he runs well. So like him getting two bases is nothing. And again, looking at the Mariners lineup and start, starting to kind of forecast what, you know, the next couple of years might look like 
in Seattle, you put you plug him at the top or even at the bottom of that lineup with um, the run creators that they or the the run producers that they have, and you know now all of a sudden you got decent average, you know actually probably a, above average average. That's a little redundant. Um, you know OBP is 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 good. Now we're getting, you know, if you're in a total bases league, you get a guy that hits a lot of doubles. If you're not in a total bases league, you're getting a guy that's probably going to drive or going to create and score a lot of runs because of the lineup that he's in um, and being in scoring position consistently. And then you might get a fair share of RBIs as well because, again, he it's not like he has no pop. So he can, you know, get around on some pitches, um, spray the ball kind of gap to gap and be able to knock guys in. So similar uh, as far as that, that multi-category contributor, uh, so if he does tap into the power, like you're saying, Colin, that's like icing on the cake to me because the, the type of player he's showing me right now, I still really, really like, and I can still see a place in my lineup and, and on my roster for him as is. Uh, but yeah, if he does manage to become like consistently a 20 home run guy and give you, you know, what, 10 to 12 stolen bases, maybe plus the double, you know, plus everything else that we're saying. I mean, that's like he's going to be, if not an all-star, in the all-star running, like, consistently. Yeah. 2020 is, like, probably going to be his 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 peak. Like, that's, like, my – if everything goes right and, like, that's that's going to be, like, his, his, one, his one, like, elite season. Uh, uh, I'm not expecting 20. I think maybe – there's more power there than what he's shown. I think he can get to 12 to 15 – if he can get to 20, like you said, that's icing on the cake. That's just that, – that, that that's a bonus. I'll take that. A guy hitting leadoff for that lineup with that speed, it's a, that's just – yes, 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 yes. I'll take that every day. So with that, what we're going to do is take another real quick break. We got uh, three to four more names uh, that we're going to go through as far as prospects that we have high hopes for coming on the other side of this break. All right, and we are back. Uh, so, again, we got three, four, because uh, I know, Colin, you got kind of like two, like a, a, a double entry here that I, I think is interesting I want you to touch on. Um, mine is a guy that's coming off of injury. My first uh, person on this part of the list, somebody's coming off of injury, and I think this is just a good, like, old-fashioned value add. Just, like, get him when he was in, you know, basement bargain level pricing and then he's going to go back into that you know top 100 borderline top 100 level that we anticipate him to be and that's chase the lauder uh for cleveland uh obviously he had foot injury lost a lot of time because of that prior to the foot injury uh his draft year was not as strong as uh, he was probably hoping and what a lot of people were probably hoping there was a time when we were thinking maybe he's the best outfielder Definitely best, you know, college outfield bat. Maybe is a top five, top ten guy, um, and and he dropped a bit. Uh, so that all those concerns kind of helped to drive his value way down. I think really off of some people's radar completely. And he rehabbed. Rehab went pretty cleanly. It seems like played some games uh, at the complex league uh, to get back in in the shape. And now he's at a high A putting up he's got a home run eight doubles and 35 uh at bats three stolen bases uh, attempts so it seems like the foot's looking good on the base paths as well two uh two successful attempts uh out of the three 
8% swing uh, strike rate. So nothing as far as rust when it comes to his approach or, or swing and miss stuff so far. Again, small sample, but still it's a good start. Um, this is one of those things where you have to remember who you thought the guy was and then say, okay, he got injured and all that sort of stuff. And maybe he had a, 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 a down college year, but there was a reason we thought he was going to be that top 10, you know, uh, draft pick and maybe even got picked depending on your FYPD, maybe even got selected around top 10. Um, I, you know, I've gone on record about being over the moon for Tuesday outfielders. I think uh, Chase is, is in that same vein. I do think if you're in a batting average league, uh, he may not be super strong for you, I think, as he develops. I, I think he might be a lower batting average guy. But power should be there. I don't think it's going to be a ton of speed, but I think enough again to be additive right i think more than five stolen bases i think he could give you uh as long as he remains healthy and um again i think he's a middle or his his best case outcomes he's a middle of the order type of bat for you so the runs and the rbi are going to be there for counting stats so i think you know if you could have picked him up while he was rehabbing if you you know stepped out on faith and said hey i think he's going to be okay if you know, post foot injury may have been able to find somebody that was like, ah, I picked him. Now he's injured. I was already kind of on the fence because of his, you know, his year at JMU. Okay, cool. I'll make this trade. And you might've been able to take him, stash him. And now you're hearing good things uh, from the rehab. You're seeing good things. Now he's back at um, high A. And I think if he continues this, he might get a little bit of time at double a maybe at the end of this year, maybe. Um, but most likely he'll start uh, next year at double a. Like, I think if everything goes well here, you know, maybe they give him a, a one more month in 2024, like the rest of April before they put him at double a, yeah. because that was kind of his trajectory pre injury anyway. Yeah. I, I was one of those guys. I was guilty of forgetting he existed because I looked at the outline and I saw his name. I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> oh him!" <laughs> I I forgot about it. That's I think that's that's he's he's a great pick because, like you said, kind of flying under under the radar. The injury really kind of slowed things down for him, so you haven't seen his name popping up probably. And I think I think Twitter is where um, all the hype starts for the mm-hmm. for, for these prospects. So you haven't seen his name out there. You haven't seen him like climb up. Exactly. You haven't seen the highlights. I haven't seen him climbing up rankings and nothing's changed. You know, he had an injury like every other, like every player will have at some point in their, in, in their career. So to see him come off that injury, hit the ground running. I, if you were able to scoop him up, uh, great, great job. I think, I, I, I think, I think he's got a lot of the great tools I look for, especially young players. I think he's in a good organization for a player to, to, development i i think i think uh i think if you're able to add him now even before now that he's playing well but before the like the 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 words out on on him i think he's a great ad yeah um the last thing i'll say and uh then i'll move on to the next player i got uh posted here but the last thing i'll say about uh the here is i think uh, you mentioned the or context always love that like guardians you know, do a, a pretty good job. Obviously, they're a little bit known more for pitchers, but I think overall they just have a solid organization um, of, of, you know, building guys up. 
Um, but thinking about uh, his Delauder's value, if you also held Delauder, so again, if you um, drafted him in your FYPD or if he was like a free ad, if if your league is structured differently, he was just like a free prospect ad in all season, something like that, and you just grabbed him and stashed him and didn't touch him, like kudos to you as well. Like, if you yeah. made the deal, but, uh, you know, that's great. But if you were able to just trust that, again, this guy is going to be the guy even after the injury. I don't need to worry. I don't need to abandon ship. That's very difficult to do. Um, we're always in like that churn and burn environment when it comes to prospects because there are always guys that are, you know, rising, dropping. Uh, even when you're sitting in neutral, there's somebody, you know, in somebody's rankings that's coming to, to surpass you. You know, you were sitting at number nine all year, but this other guy moved from, you know, 50 to 20 to five. And so I got to be on him instead of just the guy. So, you know, I just want to send a word out to the dynasty folks that know how to stand pat on certain players. If you stood pat on the like kudos to that. Um, speaking of guys though, that can move from 50 to 20 to five, this guy might be it. And that's Sebastian Walcott of the Texas Rangers. Um, Walcott was part of, uh, I would say a, sort of mixed reviewed um international free agent class uh of not this past signing but the previous signing period uh i i don't think they were as heavily lauded as the 2018 and 2019 classes i don't think they were as low light as this current class quite honestly and you have somebody from this current class that um i think is going to be the kind of the, the highlight of the signing class uh overall when it's all said and done but he's his class was kind of mixed he was one of the guys i think it was him uh lazaro montez handful of other guys that were kind of like oh you know you want to you want to pay attention they have a lot of um potential super athletic body uh but what walcott's done I'll, i'll be honest i did not anticipate i thought he you know again DSL complex, you know, that sort of stuff we've talked about previously of how much stock you can or, or can't put into, but all it seems like all he does is just hit home runs. Uh, it seems like, why is he not at, at least low A, if not even potentially high A just to get the challenge. Um, again, athletic body. So I, I think so far he still looks like he can stick at shortstop. I think as he continues to age and mature physically, it'll stand to see if he can, remain there or if he is kind of on that Marco Luciano run of like, ah, your body's probably going to put you at third base um, just because of, of your size and, and the way you start to fill out. But man, I mean, the bat speed is there. Uh, seems to have a pretty good approach at the plate, not overly aggressive, which, you know, again, for guys that are that young, um, especially when it comes to like international free agents, they, you know, the, the saying goes, you can't walk off the island, right? They tend to be, you know, they, they're going to swing big to go big. Um, but he seems to have a really, you know, pretty solid approach thus far. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I I think he's a guy that once all the dust settles and the offseason rankings come out, you know, preseason 2024 rankings come out, He's easily top 100, and I think he, he's going to end up, especially if he does get that boost into uh, low A, which I think is probably going to come, especially as uh, the uh, rookie in, in DSO leagues start to wind down and come to an end. I think if if he can 
continue to do what he's doing. We just talked about Jackson Cheerio. This is another sort of situation of he can just hit the jet stream and just keep going up. Like the arrow is just, you know, is to the moon, as they would say, right? Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's, I see him, I see highlights all over my feed every time I check it. All he, you're right, all he does is, is, is hit home runs. I mean, and like kind of going back to what you said about not putting too much stock into like what these guys are doing at the complex level or rookie level. This that's an area where I sort of struggle. Where I look at his numbers, yeah, a lot of home runs. But I see some whiff. I see some red flags, and I forget you got to put it into context. Everybody is swinging and missing at that league. These guys are 16, 17, 18 years old. They're very aggressive hitters. You know, they're not going to walk a lot. They're not going to be be patient. They're there to swing. So you you got to look at things more like quality of contact, exit velocity. If you can get it, and this guy's checking all, all the boxes. So I, I I I'm personally very excited to see where he ends up next year, going into next year when the prospect lists come out. Yeah, because he's he he's a guy who he's got elite prospect upside. Yeah, you know he 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 he, he could be. If he's not top 100, I'm gonna be very, very, very uh, uh, upset. Be, especially with all the promotions that we've had, uh, yeah. of moving off that list into the majors, like it would be mind-boggling for him not to at least, at minimum, be be a top 100 guy on pretty much, you know, consensus throughout the yeah. with the community. Um, yeah, I pulled up his page. So he started the year at DSL, played nine games there, uh, and it's interesting. 161 average, uh, did have the 381 OBP. Didn't hit any home runs, only put up a 101 WRC plus. So, you know, going to your point, Colin, and, and what you guys are emphasizing uh, at PARS, you know, what is the team telling you? Typically, yes. a guy that's putting up 101 WRC plus, 161 batting average, and nine games, no home runs. Four, I mean, he had five hits, three of them were doubles. Uh, he did have three stolen bases, but like you can't put any stock in the stolen bases at DSL at all. So it's just like most of the time he's 17. Like give him the full season or, you know, as full a season as DSL has. We'll check in on him next year. He'll make his, you know, U.S. Uh, debut. Probably give him at least half a season, but not a full season there. Like teams aren't going to move him within the season. Especially when you think about logistically, like – so you guys know you're talking about taking a, a kid that is uh Bahamanian, I believe Walcott it was a signing from the Bahamas, right? Because uh, I want to say he was like in the realm with Chisholm and Ryan Reckley, and I feel like he was mentioned with them. If I have that wrong, I deeply apologize. But the point is you're taking a kid that is uh not US based, not a US citizen. He's playing in the Dominican Summer League. You have to move him there, make sure visas and all that sort of stuff is checked out all within the same calendar year. So, like, there's some logistical non-baseball parts that have to get moved to get him <laughs> to the U.S. so he can play. And then you have all the baseball stuff of, like, and we want to make sure that you can play in, in the complex league. And in the complex league, now he's at 13 games played. Uh, the You know, the splits are all crazy. It's an 804 slugging. Like 429 ISO. It's all sorts of crazy stuff. Six home runs, obviously, um, is what is the main sort of highlight for him. 176 WRC plus. Again, to your point, swing and miss. It's 30% K rate against a 5% walk rate. It's a 42% uh, 
um, swinging strike rate. Like, that's ridiculous. That cannot st- sustain. But also, think about what an offseason and an offseason, full uh, offseason workout with a pro team is going to look like for them to be able to identify, like, hey, you, these are pitches that now you can lay off. These are ways that you can kind of yeah. um, fi- finely tune your approach. So, I'll say all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I say all that to say, um, my wish or my hopes for him is, you know, to continue this sort of performance and continue putting himself obviously uh, high up in the Rangers front office uh, mind uh, or the the mind of the Rangers organization. Let me say that better. Um, to the point that maybe they push him to a low A. Maybe we see a low A debut for him uh, before twenty twenty three is out. And now I'm really interested because now, uh, you know, there might be a little trickling of some uh, data that we might be able to get our hands on, uh, might at least be able to get a little bit more visuals on him as far as the game's played because he's not playing in like backfields or whatever. Um, So you can see him a little bit more and just getting that exposure, even if it's just, you know, a handful of games, I think it does a lot uh, both for his actual development but 100% for his prospect value. Yeah, I, I wonder if – this is crazy. I know this is insane before I say it, but like, I, I, I saw yesterday that uh, uh, the Angels are listening in on Otani. Mm-hmm. And I wondered – I've seen some people name the Rangers as a team that has the prospects hmm. to pull off a move like that. I wonder if – if there is a trade that comes down for uh, between the uh, Rangers and the Angels, if, if Walcott's one of the, the guys moved, I mean, if he's I think, moved. I think it has to be right. I, I mean, yes. So, so let me acknowledge you're crazy by saying yes. That is crazy, <laughs> and, and it's crazy. Not, not 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 the piece, but part no, of the no no the, no, uh, the, no no no. I, I, yes, I, I, we're on the same page here. Like, I, obviously, we're on the same page. I would say that one of the the, the craziest parts uh, is that like why would you trade him in division, right? So it's just like, if the Angels did that, like Artie Moreno, what are you doing? But if we go down that line, he, I would say this, Walcott is the type of prospect that has to be dealt in any sort of deal for Otani. So it may yeah. not, for Otani, excuse me, it may not be him, obviously, because of every, the implications of that. But that level of what you're doing now, obviously, but what we can project on you in two three to four years it has to be there and walcott is that type of guy where you're looking at what he's doing now you're saying man okay i like what i see but imagine a 19 year old version of imagine a 21 year old version of sebastian walcott uh where he's had you know a couple of seasons of uh pro ball of full pro ball as well like of playing a full season so of being able to condition his body that way of seeing pitchers multiple times, right. And seeing a lot of pitches overall to be able to fine tune this approach. That is the level of, of prospect that has to be included in any sort of trade for uh Shohei Ohtani. So that's kind of my spiel on Walcott. We talked the lauder. And like I said, I know you got two guys. One is a, a Ranger. One is an international free agent. So this is kind of like a good segue uh, for so, you to talk about your guys. I'm going to start with the Ranger, and I'm going to apologize now because I'm, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his name. Uh, Abimelech Ortiz. He's a first baseman in the Ranger system. 
He started the year in single A, and he just he got called up to high A. And he's just – he's one of those guys. You're starting to see the highlights. You're starting to see his name pop, pop up. He is hitting – he's demolishing the ball. He is a beast. He's a first baseman. He's six foot. He's 230 pounds. So he's a first baseman. He's he's not going to move to the outfield or anything. Right. He's already hit 19 home runs this year between the two levels. He's striking out at a – he was striking out a little high in single A. Like he was pushing 30%, but also walking at like 13%. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the – it's not danger zone. But he's gotten a little better in, in high A. He's – 25% is the K rate. I can live with that. 10% walk rate, good. His ISO, 372. His weighted runs created plus, which is probably like one of the – if I'm looking for a good snapshot of how good a player is offensively, 191 mm-hmm. weighted runs created plus in, in high A. He's almost worth two players. And he's doing this. Uh, what's his age to – I'm going to pull up. It's big, I should have had the baseball reference uh, – page save. I want to see what his age level is. So he's he's you know a year younger than everyone else there and he's but he's still not only is he doing well, he's demolishing the ball. He's hitting against everybody right now. And there's really not too much to say about him because he, he's a first baseman. Just that he has to hit. Yep. He's not gonna be a, he's not gonna win a gold glove anywhere. He's been he's been doing this at a great pace. So my hope for the second half is he keeps it up because this he's so much fun to watch. Everything he hits is just loud contact, big contact. He's 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 a fun fun player to watch. I'm I'm hoping he can keep it up. Yeah, I mean I'm 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 looking at some of the same stats that you are, uh, Colin, and and like you said, seeing um, that move from low A. So he repeated low A, right? He was at low A last year. Repeated yes. low A. He, so let's actually talk through. We can look at the full Fangrass page, right? So he goes to DSL. Okay, cool. That's 2021. Comes uh, to low A in 2022. Finishes the year. Uh, so plays a full season there. Comes in 2023. Starts at low A. Goes up to um, high A now. So he's got a full, like, full slew of at-bats to see that that K rate gets it comes down by 5%. Exactly. Walk rate comes down as well. Okay. But again, 10%, that's workable. Home run power still there. Extra base hits still there. Uh, We go look at swing strike rate. Popped up a little bit from low A to high A, but it's 13%. Again, we just talked about rate for swing and strike. That's not crazy, especially for a slugging first baseman type, which is what his player profile seems to, to point out to and then what i want to do is and i guess i probably should have asked you uh colin because you may already be there but i want to take a look at what is his splits as a lefty first baseman against left-handed pitching this year because that's going to be a big big um either barrier or entryway into um how to value him as a prospect and, and eventually as a major league hitter because if he can hit left-handed pitching even just decently then you the the platoon worries and that sort of stuff goes away if he can't then obviously that's going to be something there to push so taking a look uh he's got 16 it just went away 
16 games, so 28 uh, plate appearances against lefties, 292 average, all right? Uh, nine strikeouts, three walks, two home runs, a double. So that's that's not too shabby, a 940 OPS. So, you know, small sample, got to gotta admit, and, and some of that might, yeah. Yeah. Uh, might be them hiding him against lefties. Some of it might just be, uh, there's not a lot of lefties in that uh, in that league. Um, I'm blinking on high A for Texas is is that uh, that's Hickory, Hickory Crawdads. Um, so I I'm blanking on what league that is though. So it may not just be a lot of lefties there overall. But the little bit of exposure he's had, he hits them, and that that's it. If he can continue that piece, everything else starts to really lock into place. Yeah, that's that that's really like the the final like test is how he's gonna do against same side pitching. I I think my gut tells me they've kind of protected him a little bit, mm-hmm. but he succeeded in the chances that, that they've given him. So there really isn't I mean, in my opinion, who am I? There's really is no reason to protect him. So something else to kind of keep an eye on this season is not only can he keep up the pace, can he keep on having success? Yeah. Against those those lefty pitchers, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Abamelik, uh, excuse me. Now I'm I'm butchering names, uh, but he was somebody that I was like a month and a half late on. It was somebody that like, oh, okay, and and, and that's because the player type, like first baseman, mostly yeah. slugging. I'm like, yeah, these guys show up all the time, and then they get to a level where they just can't hit that pitching, and then they fall by the wayside. And that was on me because it hasn't happened yet. So uh, I went to, to scoop him. And, of course, he had already been uh, off waivers for a while. I went to scoop him back in, like, June. And it was like, nope, too late. Should have been there in April. <laughs> um, but that, that's, that's something that happens. Now, the next player that you have, this guy might break the mold. Like, he could be a huge <laughs> bust, but he could also break the mold here. Because we are told that teenage catching prospects – the hit rate, I mean, we just saw with Blake Mitchell getting drafted. We heard with Francisco Alvarez getting called up. Like, the the hit rate on teenage catching prospects, staying at catcher. So, Bryce Harper don't count, right? <laughs> Will Myers don't count, right? Um, it's just, it, it's, it's almost non-existent. Like, you have a, a small number of guys that are even decent, if not, you know, exceptionally good, that were teenage catchers um, getting called up. But your guy, I mean, he's doing some insane things. I, I, I'm going to start by saying this: like, I know with this guy, there's a lot that can go wrong, mm-hmm. and I know it's a long, long way to get not just not even just to make it to to major leagues, just to even make it to like the, the the next level. But he's a perfect example of what is the team telling you about the player, and this that's Ethan Salas of the Padres. He's 17 years old. He's a catcher. Run for the hills. Right. <laughs> like right. this, this, this is, this is the guy. So one, one thing is I've taught myself how to be a dynasty baseball player is you cannot be afraid to be wrong. Mm. You're going to have misses and you're going to have hits. You're probably going to have more misses than hits, but as long as the process is sound, what can you do? And this is a guy, he's checking all the boxes. Like, you know, your you're, you're, conventional wisdom tells you stay away from teenage catchers, but the Padres started him 
in single A mm-hmm. as a 17 year old, which is insane. I mean, you, when, when he debuted, it was a huge deal. Teenagers don't start in, in single A. It's insane. He's four years younger than everybody else there. Now, not only did the team feel confident enough to put him there, he's having success. And not even like, oh, it's a okay season. Right. It's a it's a really good season. He's played uh he's got 120 at bats, six home runs, he has an 845 OPS with a good approach, lots of contact, 22% strikeout rate, 15% walk rate, a swinging strike rate of 8%. He has a WRC plus of 125, and he's playing passable defense. Like what I, 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 I'm I'm like, one arm, right? It's like, he's, it's like the thing is like 33% batter or base runners. He's, he's, he's throwing out. Like I'm looking at his stat page over and over and over. Where's the issue? Mm. <laughs> like the, this isn't supposed to happen, you know? And again, like, dude, I know he's 17 years old. He's got a long way to go. And there's a lot that's going to go, that could go wrong between now and then. But my, my hope for the second half is he just gets better. Yeah, because like this, like you want guys like this to to succeed. I want him to finish the year, uh, uh keeping the uh, play approach intact. I want to see him keep on making a lot of contact. Yeah. I want power there. I don't even want to see him get called up to to, to high A. Yeah, it's, and 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 see what he does there. But like, what, what what's crazy to me is there's almost no outside of like when he debuted. There's I don't hear anything about him. He's having a great great season. As a teenager playing playing against like adults, it's 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 really really amazing what he's done in the, in, in the short amount uh, in the short amount, amount of time there. Here's so a couple of things to that. First of all, I agree that after the debut, you know, he was there in spring training. That was a big deal. The debut at uh, Low A, that was a big deal, and it doesn't seem like anything. I he's another one that I wonder once all the dust settles, off season rankings, preseason rankings start to come out. It snaps in place like, oh, snap, this kid did some really, really interesting things, not just from a um, counting stat standpoint, but, you know, whatever little bit of data that uh, the, the Baseball Americas and, uh, you know, baseball prospectus type folks can, can can gain from minor league teams as far as EVs and things of that nature, I'll be curious to, to see and hear. But uh, on that note, looking at some data that uh, I have here on this table, he has a swing percentage of 30, we'll round up, 38%. A 38% swing rate as a 17-year-old in low A. Like, how patient do you have to be? And a contact rate of 78%. That's good. That's 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 good. That, that's like, that's borderline elite. You know, like, as a 17-year-old at low A. Now, um, the home runs, six home runs, right? He's playing in the California League. California League is known to, to, you know, they're not as bad as PCL, but, you know, it is pretty hitter-friendly in, in the California League. The home runs are the only place that I could see maybe you want to temper expectations on because just the toll of, of catching, how his body continues to fill out. I, I'll have to actually watch more video to see his swing mechanics. That's the one place where before you start really salivating at, like, the full-on potential, I might say, like, he might, again, he might be a guy that is more 
14, 16 homers than 20 plus homers. But everything else, I mean, if he's if he's a 300 hitter, you know, with a 350 type of OBP, now I'm really going like I'm really going for it, right? Right. But 300 hitter, 340, 350 type OBP, I don't really care <laughs> if he's not giving me 20 home runs as a catcher. And you're talking about a guy that, again, if we go blue sky scenario, we talking about like all the best things happen for him all at once. He could be making his debut at. 19, 20 years old. Because remember, he was 16 when the season started. He turned 17 in season. Oh, yeah. I, I, you're right. I totally like So like, when you do the math, you're talking about, again, three, four years out, he could be t- turning 20 and be Padres starting catcher. Opening day. <laughs> you know? It's totally, it's totally bananas. <laughs> um, and, and again, you know, if you look at the most recent – uh, uh, comparison that we have, which would be Francisco Alvarez, uh, more power, I would say, out of Alvarez. But I don't know that he's, a, you know, the, the hit tool was better out of Alvarez than what we're seeing with Salas. That's a good question. I know, I know, I know, I know Alvarez had like really, really great raw power. Right. And he was a good hitter. Um, I'm trying to look at his ISOs from his time. Of, yeah. I mean, he had. He had pop, but he was r- routinely like, once he gets out of rookie ball, like 229, 290, 277, routinely well over 200 uh, ISO. Salas is doing that right now. But again, like you said, can he keep it up? He's 17 years old. He's a, he's a catcher. He's going to get banged up. You know, does he add strength as he matures? He's still a, he's still a kid. Or is this just kind of, is he getting a slight bump from from where from where he he plays? But I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't need him to hit twenty home runs. Yeah, yeah. I just need I need him to stick a catcher. I get on base at a, at a high rate, hit for a high average, get me twelve home runs, and I'm happy with that. You know, yeah. I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll take that from a catcher all day. Yeah, and just looking at uh, Alvarez, if we continue to make that comparison. So again, he gets you know you're, you're really looking at from 2021, the the later part of 2021 on. I mean, swing and strike 13.8 percent. Uh, the later part of 2021, 16.1 percent to start 2022. Uh, that drops to 14 and a half at the later uh, part, and that's when he's at AAA before he makes his debut last season. Uh, only played four games this season, obviously at at AAA. Um, yeah. It was it was eighteen point seven, but again, super small uh, sample as far as it was just the the nineteen plate appearances. He's, so I mean, he's really improved that. I'm sorry, say that again. I was I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm looking at Alvarez's uh, uh, line from this year. He's really improved that yeah. swinging strike rate in, yeah. in in the major leagues. Like he's a guy. I think he uh, he he was going on a tear for a little bit and. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how good of a season he was having. Like, you know, you could cherry pick, I uh, want more walks and, you know, the higher batting average. But he's on some of these projections for the rest of the season. He's pushing 25, 30 home runs. Yep. You know, that's – And, and he's, that he's to me, a, that to me, if, you, if we're going to take these two, if we're going to say Silas and Alvarez, right, that to me is the difference. Is Alvarez is going to get you more pop, but you're going to be giving – average in OBP just with the amount of fly balls and the amount of swing strikes it seems like he's going to have. 
Silas, I think you're not going to get the that home run power. You're not going to get that juice. But you're talking about it's it's. I almost don't want to say this name just because like it's not. Well, it's not really accurate because there were some other parts to this game. But um, it, it, I'll I'll end it by just saying I think with Silas, you're talking about a 300 catcher. You know, a catcher that can hit 300 consistently. That's like again. Blue sky scenario, best case outcomes for him. But you're talking about a guy that can be a leader. Um, maybe Grandall, maybe like Pete Grandall. Yeah, right. Uh, like that. I was thinking, I was thinking of a different player, but like that sort of same player profile of like Grandall is never going to get you a lot of home runs, but at his peak, he could. He was going to have a very high OBP for you, really good average, and then you knew he was going to be able to stick around because of his defense. Um, yeah. So like that's a super best case outcome for Silas. Anything happens with the power though. If if anything from a from a him filling out to a swing, you know, tweak or change. Even if they give a little bit on average, if he can, if he starts to follow in that Alvarez, you know, line a little bit more as far as power. Man, that's, Dude, sky's, that's scary. The sky's the limit for him. It really is. Um, it, it could be everything. It could be everything for him. Um, yeah, this was a good list. We have a lot of high hopes. We have a lot of ho- high hopes. Let's finish it here because I know we're running a little lengthy, and we already gave you guys a super long pod before. So uh, let's wind it down. Colin, promo time. Where are you writing? Where can people find all your great stuff, all your great analysis? So I'm contributing to the, the uh, like like uh, like I said at the top of the show, at Dynasty Guru. Uh, I at Pars List. Also, you can find him on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CJ uh, CJC07, and uh, I'm posting my articles there. I just did an article of during the All Star break for my Pars Stars, so you can you'll find some names I talked about here, plus some other guys that I didn't get a chance to to, to hit on. And then there's plenty of uh, great writers you can also check out there there at, bo- at both sites. Awesome, awesome. Um, we will uh, have that Par Stars uh, article uh, listed in the show notes. Um, I'll see. Uh, I should be able to grab uh, Jake's tweet uh, about with his fi- uh, top fifty FYPD sort of immediate rankings and put that in the show notes for you guys to review if you haven't seen that. Um, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Inside Fastball Capital I Capital F. You can find Jake on Twitter at Jake Mash M A I S H. Uh, and of course you can find the pod on Twitter, uh, at PL on the farm. Uh, as always, I want to remind listeners that you can find this podcast and all of our pictureless pods on the pictureless network podcast page. They're all available in the podcast section for you to find, listen, and subscribe. And with that being said, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>